Hey, Jordan, how's it going? Hey, Rob. How are you feeling? I just, it's been a while. I've been out of the office for a week. Um, Just got back, obviously, from this this kind of relaxing vacation I was just on, Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. Pretty, pretty nice. That sounds great. Yeah, I need to get out of town for a little while, kind of stop thinking about this stuff for a little while. And um, I'm pretty sure with the health guidelines and everything, it's it's mostly okay. And legally, I know I'm in the clear because if you sign these waivers ahead of time, you're not legally liable for like spreading coronavirus possibly in these other nations and everything like that. So I'm pretty sure legally it's totally it's totally cool. Well, that sounds great. Um, yeah, yeah, very relaxing. Awesome. Uh, so I haven't yeah I haven't been checking the news all that much, but um, I did have some big ideas that I wanted to bring to you because like one thing. You know, obviously, the impeachment's been happening throughout the last week. I knew I didn't really need to pay attention to it because I just know that the the people in the Democratic Party have it in, under control, and uh, I'm sure that that went really well. So I was thinking we could do some kind of like a big video celebrating the impeachment, double impeachment of Donald Trump, and you know, it could work with like you know, the Lincoln Project. I think would be good. How, but I, I tried to reach out to Rick from there, and I haven't, he hasn't been returning my calls. Is that you know what's going on with that? Um, I maybe I don't know. He might. He's probably just really busy. So yeah, you know, with impeachment going on. Yeah, who knows? I would imagine that like all those guys are probably burning the midnight oil, making videos, uh, calling Trump a a, a a wuss and and things like that. So yeah, yeah, they're probably just like he's probably just you know reviewing film and footage. So yeah, I mean he's already done. They've already done such a, a great service to sort of the progressive yeah. causes in the U.S. So I imagine they're still at that. And uh, yeah, what do we think about getting Andrew Cuomo in there as well? You know, there's somebody kind of sparred oh, with Trump great. a lot with the coronavirus, and obviously mm-hmm. Cuomo came out on top of that. Big triumphant uh, example of of great Democratic leadership. Bring him in there. Yeah, yeah that, that to me is an all-star team, and you celebrate the whole impeachment thing with, the, with that kind of a crew. I think that's something like that could be really good. Mm-hmm. That'd be really fun. I think these are these are people who are just really excelling right now, and I think just complete shining stars, uh, the pinnacle of American politics. So, yeah, Killing these it. are noble, noble uh, folks. So yeah, be great. I think that's a great idea. So I guess you haven't been watching the news too much either. No, what's going on? Okay, okay. Hello, everyone. Hello and welcome. It's the Insurgents, episode 58. Uh, and it's Rob Rousseau here. Oh, yeah. Hey. It's Jordan Ewell. Yep. As always, uh, the dynamic duo, often, I think many people have been using that to kind of describe the, the two of us, so we're have back. They? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I've yet to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you're not i'm in the the real obscure uh, insurgents fan oh. forums oh, yeah. you know there's the discord server obviously that's where the, a lot of the action takes place but there's a lot of sort mm-hmm. of dark web stuff that's happening as well yeah which i'm yeah. privy to um we are getting up there in the in the episode numbers there it's really hard to believe that last year at this time what was going on and how far we are from from where we were at this mm-hmm. time last year covering this stuff Oh, the show is like a year old now. I know. Wow. Because we started, it was it was uh, right after, it was like the day after uh, Iowa, the Iowa, the in, the now infamous Iowa caucus. 
um, the day after was the first episode of the show, and it's just been a pretty wild ride <laughs> since since that yep. time. I wish uh, I was still able to go to the gym. Um, yeah, I remember like what that when I was when we started this, I was like doing a bunch of like side gigs. Um, so I had like a ton of flexibility. So I would like go to the gym in the middle of the day and I remember having a conversation with you and Aida about this at the very beginning at the gym and like on my phone, obviously. And just like thinking like, oh yeah, this is cool. Everything's looking great. Like what a great year ahead. <laughs> in general, I mean, we talked about like kind of like the Nevada door knocking thing and how deflating everything afterward was, but even yeah. just like the start of this show. It was just like, I could even like go outside. <laughs> it was just a different world. That was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And so the, the one year anniversary of Nevada is coming up. That was on February 22nd. Mm. That's going to be very depressing. Very much so. Yeah. And it's almost the one year pandemic, pandemic anniversary as well, which for many people, I think it's different for everyone. But I think for for many people, it was March 11th was the the one year anniversary of when that became that was the that was the Rudy Gobert NBA thing. That was the moment for a oh, lot of people, including me. Yeah. That like when the NBA shut down, it's like, oh, this is really this is really happening now. This thing, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's hard to believe I, as well. I remember thinking like so I had a concert that week. I think it was like a Wednesday when everything started to get serious, and I had a concert that Friday, and just thinking like, all right. Let's just make it to Saturday, please. Like, let's just <laughs> let me just get this concert in, and then we could take it serious. Um, but alas, no. Yeah, everything just shut down. Yes, it did. <laughs> very, very depressing. <laughs> and like in retrospect, it wasn't even like compared to now. It oh, was yeah. like nothing. And I remember thinking, like, all right, this is a little like much. Not really knowing how severe it would be. Um. But yeah, Jesus Christ! And now, like in the in the thick of it, everyone's like, "Back to school, let's go!" All right, everyone, yeah. like let's let's get back out there. As like thousands of people, thousands of people are dying every day from it. It's like, yep, yep, get go, go. We can do yeah, this. Let's just get back and back to normal. Well, even with the NBA too, right? That was like the 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 warning sign for everything that when there was one case in the NBA that shut down the whole league. And now the NBA is just, it's back. There's no yeah. fans. Players get coronavirus all the time. And they just go out and they just walk it off what? and <laughs> take, take a couple weeks off. They'll have to change mm -hmm. the schedule a little bit. It's, it's really incredible how as a culture, we've just, this has just become like a background thing that has just become part of like a normal, you know, normal part of our society. It's very, very strange and surreal. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It speaks to just kind of like how nasty and, and brutish uh, our state of nature is, and especially late stage capitalism. It's just you are getting in the way of the capitalist machine. You are an obstruction uh, and, and an impediment to their ultimate goal, which is maximizing profits. So people and businesses having sluggish performance it's your fault for not being willing to accept these these conditions the the remedy is the government providing for everybody and they just don't want to do that so it becomes this slow over time uh, inoculation where okay this is just the way things are going to be if you get sick you just charge right through it you toughen up 
And you look at every other country, every other developed nation where they're giving people monthly allowances for the most part and taking care of people. Like we just, we're, we're the outlier. We're yeah. trying to or charge we're, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I think even, right. that's, it, that's, it's another classic case of the United States making places like Canada and the UK seem, seem better in comparison when really our response has been completely inadequate as well. And it's gotten completely out of, out of control here as well. But naturally, because we're not just like the United States where we just stopped pretending it was going on three weeks into the thing, then they ended up, our, our leaders, uh, our political leaders end up coming out looking great, even though they've, they've completely mismanaged it as well. This is kind of America's always doing this. And I got to thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I did it for you. Yeah. It doesn't, um, it doesn't give me a ton of hope too, but the whole coming, you know, uh, climate crisis that we're careening into as well, uh, which has been kind of in the background of all this also. Um, I think that was one thing when this started happening, we talked about it on the show. I remember with, uh, with Joel Birch when he was on the yeah. show about how, oh, we have kind of seen this unified response to this and people are kind of being together and we realize that oh we can kind of change our lifestyle around and change our society around in order to confront these big challenges and just like everything that's happened since then has been like oh no so once the really serious consequences of that start that is also just going to become normal as well um <laughs> oh it's just normal you just can't go outside now two months out of the year uh, if you lived in, if you live in certain parts of the country uh that's just like that's just going to become this normal thing <laughs> and I think my hope that we could maybe confront that forcefully as well as a, as a society has dwindled somewhat as well, <laughs> witnessing the response and the conspiracy theories and the people that are so opposed to any, any response whatsoever, whether it's wearing a mask or any kind of lockdown. It's just like, what is, what is gonna, the response going to be when we're making asks about how to change our society or how to make sacrifices to confront this big climate crisis? And it's going to be... More of the same, uh, if not a whole lot worse, in terms of that kind of reaction as well. Yeah. <sighs> the machine just kind of charges on. We, we, no one seems to care. We're going to see more of these. I mean, with our consumption of animal products and kind of the globalization of commerce and imports and exports, like we're going to see, we're going to see so many more of these going forward. And people just, I, it spells disaster because governments, especially the United States government, don't really want to create a precedent where you take care of people in that moment. Just they would rather you adopt that as your new normal than create a safe, hospitable environment where, you know, there's a government there's government support and assistance in, in you not getting sick. That's horrifying. It's it's a bleak it's a bleak future ahead. Anyway, yeah, certainly the way note. yeah. <laughs> certainly the way it looks. Maybe it will not be as bad as that. Who knows? Um, anyway, we do have, we got Owen Higgins coming on the show, uh, two time guest now, friend of ours. Uh, we had a great conversation. We talked about the whole impeachment thing and okay. What else did we talk? We talked about the Lincoln project as well. And the whole Lincoln project, mm -hmm. you know, implosion that happened this week. That was kind of a fun, lighthearted little thing we could get into. You know, I'll take some solace in these terrible people, uh, yeah. getting somewhat of a comeuppance. That's all right. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I guess the only other big news thing that happened was the Gino Carana, uh, Gina Carana, Fuck, what, what's her name? <laughs> Gina Carano was uh, was cancel cultured from her job uh, on the Disney series The Mandalorian uh, just for the crime of being conservative, yep, uh, unfortunately. 
Yep. And she, Nothing I believe else. she just had some social media posts about like uh, having low taxes and regulation and, and stuff like that. I didn't look into it too yeah. much, but that's unfortunate. <laughs> do, do, you, do, you have, do you have anything to add to this, uh, into this uh, uh, debate or what do you think? So for the past few weeks or months, I've been trying to kind of largely avoid these types of stories and like the daily zeitgeist type things. So I, just, I just can't find myself like caring anymore like being dad i think was a good example that everyone was everyone's talking about being dad literally could not tell you what that was i like <laughs> went out of my way to avoid it and everyone was like ah oh, i bet and then something else like insane happened that week oh the insurrection that week and everyone was like i bet being dad is feeling really good like why that's not a normal reaction to what we're watching right now it's like oh i bet being dad's relieved no, I think this like maybe these things aren't like in the same world. Um, so I've been trying to avoid like weird stories like this. Um, that said, I didn't do a good job here. Uh, I, all I saw, I saw people sharing things that she had posted, and it was like, um, you know, like Jewish conspiracies, like the Jews control everything. She was saying things like that. Um, uh, and I would assume she had some probably transphobic things as well. Yeah, but yeah conspiracy. Well. I mean, it just kind of goes with the territory. Like, I don't, I didn't even see anything, but I knew it was a fair assumption that she was, she was making claim because that's like that's their obsession. They just want to like pick on trans people because they're fucking weird. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. That that's I assume. Why and it was, was comparing fired. the big thing was comparing conservatives modern conservatives to holocaust victims which is the exact same oh, thing that's right the same yeah yeah <laughs> so <laughs> anyway she signed a big movie deal with uh, ben shapiro so it looks like they're that's they're awesome. lasting all the way to the bank with whatever they're that's gonna a put good out way for ben shapiro thing. to fight anti-semitism i'll tell you that <laughs> yeah exactly the he definitely something that he very he cares about and takes really seriously yeah. definitely yeah. not selective in how he applies that standard yeah no, but I guess it was just annoying. We and I, we don't need to get into the weeds on this. Um, it's just annoying seeing like people like Chris Hayes being like, "Oh, you know, that's a dangerous precedent." She's being fired for being conservative, but like that's not. Or you know, oh, it's the same. It's going to be the same thing as someone as like uh, you know, it's McCarthyism. It's like modern McCarthyism. You're being fired for your beliefs and stuff like that. And it's like, well, no, it's not the same. Um, it's not the same as be having the people that are socialists being completely blackballed from an industry because of their political beliefs. Uh, it's one person losing one job one time from a company that's notoriously allergic to any kind of like controversy or anything like that and yeah. doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, so it's not really the same thing. No. And yeah, again, like it's not, it's not a case of someone like being punished for their feelings on like regulation or uh having low taxes it's and this is the same thing when anytime a conservative faces their any kind of consequences for their beliefs it's not about these kinds of like typical conservative beliefs it's that infamous uh andrew lawrence tweet like oh you know that you know the beliefs you, you know the ones <laughs> yeah um, exactly so i don't really feel too bad for for gina in this yeah, one. yeah he summed it up um perfectly it's never it's never about like it's not even about being like anti-choice which i think might be more of a gray area I, I would be curious how disney would react in that to that thing but like that's not like that's never what it is it's never about like school vouchers or things like you know like school yeah. choice or even like it's definitely not about like uh health related things like you would never you could you could you could be anti-affordable care act pretty openly and they wouldn't give a shit um those are also you know conservative beliefs you could be 
you could just be like if you were if you weren't discriminatory in how you practiced your Christianity, if you weren't like, oh, I'm also like anti-Muslim, they wouldn't care. Like it's it's when it transcends just a core belief and becomes about discriminating someone else is when companies take action because like dude we gotta fucking get along like this is like we there's no it's understandable if you're being outwardly um bigoted yeah. or discriminatory and how you quote practice your beliefs that's when people take action and that that are the brightest minds in media can't figure that out really <laughs> says says something about who companies tend to pick to be anchors um and why they might be picked uh, for those types of roles because yeah. of what they would be willing to say. Uh, it just kind of shows this this fall from from grace for people like Chris Hayes and and Rachel Maddow. Not not that she spoke out in this moment, but just in general. I think what's – and Matt Taibbi wrote about this in his book, Hate, Inc. Maddow especially is, is – it's disappointing to see kind of how far she's fallen in her analysis because she used to be like this – this bright spot in media like they loved yeah. her people loved her because she would just skewer republicans and now she's resorted to did putin could putin turn off our electricity in the winter like come on you the thing it's frustrating because <laughs> yeah. everyone knows she's much smarter than that but like this is what gets them ratings and on that front chris hayes has openly admitted they don't cover climate change as much because it's a ratings killer ratings killer i can't have that yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it has nothing to do with like you know MSNBC's tied to GE and these oil companies and yeah, weapons manufacturers right. and stuff. That probably has nothing uh, nothing to do with that. Purely coincidence. Yeah. Anyway, it was another. It was a, a predictable discourse news cycle. Uh, it was painful to play out, but we will be getting Gina Carano's side of the story uh, next week on the Insurgents when she comes on the show. So I'm looking forward to speaking to her and getting her getting her story out there because it's important. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go. Um, right, bye. Let's get to Owen Higgins. Um, uh, we had a great conversation as usual. We love Owen. Uh, he's going to be joining the show right after this. We are joined by Owen Higgins, a multiple-time guest now. He's a writer. You can find him on The Flashpoint on Substack. Uh, he's part of our, our Discontents crew. All kinds of different connections there with the Owen Higgins Expanded Universe. Owen, what is up? How's it going? Yeah, the the, the EHCU. Yeah, yeah. The, common, the common term that everyone's always kind of throwing around. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing it all the time. <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, Owen, you're familiar with the show. I, normally we talk about gaming in the first part, but you and Jordan were just having a conversation about Magic the Gathering for like Which 10 minutes gaming. off mic. And I feel like we can't, we can't open the, <laughs> the show with that because it's yeah, just so, it's very confusing. And I don't know, mm. I think we might lose some, we might lose some listeners here if we get, if we dive into that. No. Well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was like, oh, or I'll play a counter card where we spend the entire episode talking about that. Like, oh, yeah. Is that I mean, I, sure I, that's I, how that works? Yeah. I, I mean, either one of these would be <clears throat> negate. We'll, yes, we'll be fine. Um, <laughs> so it's called. Well, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just negated your prompts. We could do rewind Damn. where we untap all our mana. Then we have we have all that time back. Yes. Oh my goodness. But but, but what is happening is that I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jordan and I are just going to go like straight up encyclopedia on you, just like throwing mm-hmm. out all of these names of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck, pal. Well, I can talk about like obscure Toronto Raptors players from the early 2000s too. We can go down that road if we want to get into get into the weeds on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Rafael Arujo, just anyone? Like, just completely incoherent conversations for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. But Owen, thanks for thanks for joining us though. There is a lot of stuff that we can probably get to. Um, I guess the big thing was uh, yesterday. So the impeachment uh, trial ended yesterday, not guilty. So apparently the American system of justice has spoken for holding presidents accountable. So it turns out Trump did nothing wrong. So what, what's right. your what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that we can all agree that um, that the Democrats did everything that they could, you know, yeah. um, and that, you know, there was there was nothing else uh, that they could have done. It, it was it, and, and I think that they deserve our admiration and respect for how well that they did. And um, they you know, almost had those him. Republicans, you know, like, yeah, they almost <laughs> had him. But, you know, the thing is that. You know, a lot of people are going to be saying, you know, oh, yeah, well, they said they were going to call witnesses and then they didn't. And the thing is, like, yeah, okay, uh, get back to me when you've been elected as many times as these guys have. They obviously know what they're doing. (laughs) And and I think that, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, only 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 10 votes off for a conviction. That is basically a conviction as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) It was a moral victory. it, (laughs) It was it was a moral victory. And and really, he is guilty. And everybody knows it. Um, and anyway, we need to get back to what's really important, like not in enacting the agenda for another week. Well, no, it's congratulating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that's what yeah. Ossoff and Warnock ran on. They said they wanted <laughs> prompt congratulations for, for Super Bowl victors. And We're going to get those I, congratulations I, out the, in the mail right away. Is yeah, what I promise, what they said. <laughs> promises made, promises kept. <laughs> they are sending a decree congratulating Tom Brady right away. I don't. What are you guys doing? Huh? <laughs> what do you guys organize around this kind of stuff? Huh? Yeah. yeah right. Right. Um, but what? So what was that with the whole witnesses thing? Because that was that was my kind of stance on this, which was like obviously I think that maybe there was a possible outsider chance to actually convict Trump in the Senate if they had like managed to actually hold the hearings like immediately after this incident had happened, um, which of course McConnell like deliberately delayed for that exact reason and then used that as an excuse for why he himself was not going to vote to convict Trump. But I think there yeah. might have been like an outside chance in the days following this, this uh, incident of January 6th that they might have actually uh, succeeded in that. Without that with that time that those extra few weeks to sort of build their like kind of fake victimization routine and have their allies in right-wing media kind of gum up the works and spin the way they kind of often do. Obviously that wasn't really in the cards this time, but I I felt like there was kind of an opportunity to just like continue talking about this and to call witnesses and to make a big charade of it. And like, cause you know, there's kind of normies that kind of eat that stuff up, especially people that were really like turned off by the whole violent insurrection thing that happened. So there was kind of an opportunity just to like politically hurt the Republicans and and tie the Republican Party to this this incident if they voted to uh, acquit Donald Trump. Uh, that's why I was kind of perplexed yesterday when they did get the opportunity to call witnesses, which they could have used that opportunity to sort of do exactly that, and then just kind of declined to do anything at all with that. Well, what was that? What happened with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, my 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 real my real read of this is that you know. They had a couple of different options here. Now, they could have um, impeached him immediately on January 7th, that Thursday. Uh, Ilhan Omar, I believe, had the articles written up 
Tuesday night. Um, you know, the the bill was there. They could have done it. I understand that it would have been a bit of a violation of norms or whatever to like ram it through that fast. But, you know, I, my feeling on that is fuck it. Um, in a situation like this, you have to do what you have to do. Um, had they done that, then it would have been immediately sent to the Senate uh, for Friday. At that point, things are moving quickly enough. There's a, there's a, like there's a dead cop. Um, you know, McConnell, I think I think it would have been more difficult for him to walk away from it. Um, so that's option one. They didn't take that. Option two is to do what they did and then uh, use the use calling witnesses uh, to kind of stretch out the timeline here and and to allow for more reporting like did come out 24 hours before or like came out Friday night about the McCarthy call to come out to let them add evidence to basically make it overwhelming. Um, even if, even if something like this, you know, it took like until March or April and like they had to continue to like, you know, pause it while they do all that stuff, you know, and like then, then I, I do agree that unfortunately had they paused it, then they might actually have to do things. Um, but you know, that's, that's the, that's the risk. Um, and then hopefully, you know, you already got 57. Hopefully you can turn 10 more. I don't know if you can, but at least you could give it a shot and you could say that you, um, were, we're living up to your oath to protect the country and the constitution by exhausting all of your efforts. They didn't, they, they, they chose not to do that. The third option is to do what they did, which is to delay the impeachment for a week to allow the political, uh, will to hold Trump accountable to dissipate. Then they allowed that process to go on long enough that McConnell was then able to pause it until Schumer would be in control. Um, which he did. And then they finally get it done. And then they, it thing just kind of peters out even, even, even with the McCarthy call information. And it's just of the three options. The last one seems like the absolute worst possible one. And of course that's the one that they did because, um, you know, the alternative, the alternative is to, is to do it smart. And look, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I've been wrong before. Certainly. Uh, about things politically and 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 otherwise, but and and yes, like you know, like Schumer and mm. Pelosi and and a lot of these people have been doing this for uh, you know longer probably than I've been alive, uh, and, and I get that, but it's just hard for me to see how uh, how you can look at the way that things turned out and think, oh, this was the right way to do it when you had these other options. And at this point, and now, now because they're going on recess for a week, it's not like you can't even say that you're going to do something better. You're just not going to do anything. And it's just very frustrating. And I think it's, it's frustrating to the point that, like, it's not just um, lefty people who are pissed off about this. It's, it's liberal people who are, like, like the libs. The libs are pissed. Uh, and they are. They're rip shit. Um, especially, like, like the, um, the witnesses thing really pissed off a lot of resistance, resist when people. You know, like like the like the uh, MSNBC crowd, um, uh, you know, not not the anchors or, or the or the person I'm talking about, people who, you know, uh, watch that stuff all the time. You know, those kind of people super, super, super pissed off right now. Um, and so I just don't I it just seems like a total failure. I mean, may, maybe they hope that it, like, they'll be gone for a week. They'll come back. It'll be a reset and everybody will forget about it. Um, but here's the thing is, I don't think that. Trump is going to forget what just happened. And I don't think the people on the right are going to forget what just happened. And what just happened is basically that 
um, and I know that this uh, is 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 maybe um, kind of uh, cringe or whatever, but um, this was literally an attempted coup. They were trying to overturn the results of an election. So, <laughs> yeah, this is I, like, cringe I don't to, even, to even mention this is it's too yeah, much. How, yeah, how dare yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> to, to, to treat this seriously is 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 just like total loser. It's like a PMC. I that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, only cool but, to not care about anything, man. That's it. Yeah. Look, what would be really cool <laughs> is that if this had succeeded and um, they had, uh, you know, put Trump back in power, like that would that would probably be the coolest thing because then, uh, you know, then people maybe really would have gotten what's going on and that that that, uh, that it's all the same. Um, I actually no. doubt that. I, st- I actually still think people would be saying, oh, you care about yeah. that? I can't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, you, yeah, you're and right. And they'd be, like, blaming, you think they'd be a- blaming the Democrats for not, like, getting in the way or something. Yeah. You right. think it's a big deal that Emperor for Life Trump is uh, in, in there now? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? I, like, I hate to fucking call in a digression here, but can you imagine what would happen if, like, he, like they didn't impeach him? We'd be like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, so you guys don't impeach him? Oh, okay. like it's just you can't fucking win. You just <laughs> yeah. can't fucking win. But, but like honestly, the thing is this: um, is that I I really believe that this was a coup attempt and that this was like an attempt to to mount a violent insurrection and to overturn uh, you know what the results of a democratic election or you know as close as we can get to one in this country. And um, the fact that they are not going to hold anyone accountable for this other than uh, you know. Not even all of the people who did it physically is not good for the future. It's it's extremely bad because the next one is not going to be as relatively nonviolent as this one was. Yeah, I think this they were testing the waters here. And whether you yeah, wherever you fall on the it's a coup camp, it's 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 certainly alarming that they were willing to do this. There was enough people willing to do this at, at the behest of the president. Um, because they were unhappy with the results. Like that's, and there's no punishment. Like, okay, you got a, effectively a slap on the wrist. Republicans aren't willing to condemn someone in their own party to do it. It's only going to get worse from here. Like what is, I mean, you can't punish somebody for, <laughs> for inspiring this, directly inspiring this. And never mind the arguments that like, oh, I guess anybody who's ever said the word fight is now responsible. No, because nothing happened after they said that. Like this was like minutes after he said it and said, we're going to go march to the Capitol. And they just they went and, and beat people to death, trampled people, broke in like that's <laughs> that's distinct from someone just saying, oh, we yeah. got to fight like hell to protect <laughs> protect the Affordable Care Act on MSNBC. And then, unfortunately, nothing happens after after that. Um, <laughs> right. And then but then like and, and then there are all of his actions after it happened. Right. Yeah. Like, like the fact that like he knew he like he, he, he you know, and, and again, like, yes, true. Not just him. Uh, there were multiple fuck ups, but uh, one of those fuck ups or well, I don't think he would consider it that, but was by him. So why don't we, you know, focus on 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 holding him accountable? But of course, that didn't happen. I think that you're right about the fact that they were testing the waters here. Um, and I think that they were told exactly um, what they would have expected to hear, which is, um, it's not going to be taken very seriously and you can do it again if you want. And not just Trump, but like the people in the Republican party that were helping to incite it and were possibly working with the people that were doing the insurrection uh, in the first place to varying levels, you know? Um, 
Right. That which was another actually a funny thing was that the, the Trump defense and like some Republicans in, in the Senate were saying like, well, there's evidence that the violence was pre planned for several weeks. So how can you say that there's a there's a link between Trump's speech uh and then this violent incident? It's like, well, yeah, it's also like the things that he was saying for the two months previous to that as well that contributed to that. Yeah. Um it wasn't just this one day. speech. It's just this one speech that they finally decided to do this. This was literally a two month long campaign to uh a convince people that the election was fraudulent and that Joe Biden is some kind of like uh, Chinese communist agent who's like stolen the election with the deep state and Antifa uh, and two to like encourage people to come to Washington DC and like didn't do something to reverse this like terrible injustice uh, there was like two months worth of, of speeches and tweets and and from Trump and a lot of other people to set the stage for that it wasn't just this one speech that that finally broke this dam you know this was like a, a, a couple weeks in the making yeah I, I, I would also say like um, even the people who uh you know, could, could could reasonably say, well, you know, I wasn't like actively trying to tell anybody to do is like, uh, you know, on like the GOP side who weren't, you know, and, and, and there are varying degrees to this, you know, from from people who definitely did not do this. And but then some people who, who did. And I think that there were a lot of them who were obviously waiting to see how it played out before they decided to, to on how to react. And that's also uh, bad. Very bad. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's it's depressing. I've talked with friends who've been following this a lot closer and who've been working on this issue for a while and they all kind of share the same mindset. Just like if you can't get someone for this, if you can't punish someone for this, um, it reflects just a, a complete broken and, and dysfunctional system. There's terminal rot throughout all of these institutions. And I think Patrick Wyman, who's also in discontents, pointed it out quite nicely. It's like these rules are really only effective if they're ever enforced. Otherwise, they're just suggestions. It's just it means nothing. What norms, whether written or otherwise, um, are completely useless if nobody acts on them. So there's a widening chasm between kind of like the regular person and the political powerful elite when they're never going to face repercussions for their own actions. And sure, you might not feel as motivated. <clears throat> Some of the more cynical folks might not feel as motivated about this specific issue. But what if the next person starts like, you know, plundering the treasury? <laughs> What's like, what if, you know, what if we just see complete brazen, and which we already starting, which we are starting to see completely brazen insider trading? I would like to, th I would like to prevent that from happening. I think that's just like an invitation for the most corrupt people in the country to run for office if that just becomes normal behavior. Um, what are we going to do if, if nobody is punished? Then the entire system just collapses and you are fucked as a result. So while it might be fun and cool to not care right now, um, ultimately, this is going to fuck you over even more. So I would implore people to, to take this serious. Yeah, well, that's one funny thing, too, is right when it comes to Trump being impeached, the fact that they kind of like in both of these cases navigated themselves into like the worst possible version of impeachment that they could have done um, when like, you know, Trump was like openly and brazenly profiting from being the president the entire time, which I believe I'm not a constitutional scholar or anything of the United States, but I believe is frowned upon well, that could have been something they could have built a case on right away. Um, <laughs> when it, as it pertains to this insurrection, 
election thing, the whole January 6th incident, do either of you think there's any case? Because, like, yeah, it's just inexcusable if they if they leave this impeachment for what it is and, like, don't really, like, talk about this anymore. Do you think there's a possibility that their fact that, that Senate Dems, and I'm giving them way too much credit, and I know this, uh, do you think there's any possibility that they're factoring in, like further results of the FBI investigation into this being revealed? Or do you think there's a possibility of any kind of like Benghazi like hearings where they can, uh, you know, focus specifically on like who the evidence of like who was in, implicated in this and involved and who was funding these buses. And cause that, that to me, if they, if they ended up going down that road would be a good tool to continue like hurting the conservative movement politically. But I think just yeah, it would be it would be odd and and pretty much useless to just drop this whole thing now and just say, well, we not not much we can do anymore about this. We better just let it go. That that seems like a disastrous thing. Do you think there's any possibility that they're going to do any of that stuff? No, they're going to drop it. <laughs> I like like I'm not yeah I, I it, it, I'm not I'm not saying that out of some like uh, you know pithy cynical comment. Like I'm 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 serious. Like why why would they do that? They don't want to do that. Um, you know I mean. You have Nancy Pelosi saying that we need a strong Republican Party. <laughs> she you keeps know, saying like, that. She loves yeah, saying one like, of her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> here's my position. Um, we don't need a Republican Party and we don't need a far right party. We already have a right wing party and that's the Democratic Party. So why don't we have that one and then have one on the left? You know, like, like, why do we need like, why do we need a far right party to um, to legitimize the uh, legitimize the the uh, the racist bigoted beliefs of a uh, you know a portion of the country who 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 need like some political home or something like i don't even like i'm, I'm like I, I i can't even like bring myself to even figure out like what it even means like why do we need that we don't we don't need two right-wing parties uh, yeah. i guess what i'm trying to say it's also the kind of and, thing you never hear from republicans well we need to make sure that the democratic party is in good good shape they're no, like busy no. trying to step on their throats and snuff them out of existence right. forever it's because they understand they understand uh you know the republican party understands at you know at a fundamental level that uh that this is a political fight it is a political battle and you are trying to win you're not trying to be friends with the other side that you just agree with. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is called West Wing liberalism. Um, and, and I guess that, that, that works as a descriptor, um, you know, especially with, with Luke Savage's great piece in Jackman, uh, all those years ago where he just kind of lays it out. Um, but it's this kind of, it's, it's, but it's also respectability politics. It's all, it's all of this shit where, where it's just this idea that somehow, uh, you know, the country needs this, the country somehow needs, uh, you know, to just 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 two two people on either side trying to figure out. You know, whatever's in the middle is 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 the right answer. I mean, it's just it's just it's just total bullshit. And one of the reasons, though, that it's been allowed to continue uh, to get back to what you were saying, Jordan, is the fact that that nobody's ever held accountable for any of this stuff. So if if you have a system in which uh, powerful people uh elites um you know whether in political leadership or or uh you know financial or or defense or whatever um are never held accountable for what they do the only people who are ever held accountable for anything are the people on the ground then you have a situation in which uh in in order to justify this continuing 
uh, a system where where people aren't held accountable for this. You have to make up a uh, a, a a version of reality that allows for that because it's for the good of the country and 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 the good of um the government and so the only way that you can justify trump not being found guilty or or, yeah and, and not being convicted here is to start telling people that you know at the end of the day we need a strong republican party we need a strong right wing in this country just as we need a strong uh quote unquote liberal wing um, and, and it all kind of feeds into it. I mean, it's like the same thing with um, with Bush and with McCain and, and, and with the guys in the Lincoln Project and all of these all of these right wing Republican uh, people who have their images rehabilitated and whitewashed in, uh, you know, as 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 time goes on after they've left office and after the horrible, horrible things that they've done are somewhat in the rearview mirror and have been kind of taken over by whatever horrible things, uh, you know, their, uh, you know, the people who come after them um, have done. And and so it's just very frustrating. Uh, you know, Trump being impeached twice, it's questionable whether or not that will happen with him. Although I think that if he runs again in 2024, you're going to see some rosy coverage. But I think that you're going to see things like Mnuchin and Pence and, um, and, and, and you know, a, a lot of these guys from, from the... Um, from the Trump administration who are going to be able to kind of present uh, themselves as somehow not part of, uh, you know, the Q movement or the Trumpist movement and, and, and become rehabilitated. And then it just kind of goes in the same thing. And it's, it's like, you know, there's, there's no accountability. And then, you know, whoever comes next and whatever horrible things that they do, it, like, it, like it's kind of already put in place that they're going to get away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, on your point about the, the party, breakdown i think Bree newsom had had some good comments on this yesterday she said in one of her her posts when democratic leadership speaks of their belief in a strong republican party these are conservatives talking about preserving the bipartisan neoliberal establishment pre-trump era but all they end up doing is effectively strengthening gop fascism like wanting a strong republican party ultimately just like you know suits the the needs and desires of the democratic like uh, leadership and their fundraising efforts because then they have this robust boogeyman there's a sense of complacency i think fermenting uh in, in the left and people are already like hours after he was let off the hook we're like yeah i think trump in 2024 would be fine it would just weaken the party like have you learned nothing you should you shouldn't you should not want that like and yeah. there are people who are like immediately after voting uh not to convict just basically applauding mitch mcconnell for saying like yeah we know trump did this when nothing was on the line like immediately after he like gave a statement and was like yeah we know he's responsible for this yeah and like i said he deliberately okay, well, moved just had- the trial so that <laughs> yeah. it would be after he was out of office so then he could use that excuse to not convict him like and still yeah okay thank you thank you mr mcconnell sir the resistance <laughs> yeah. but it's just like it's it's very alarming that people are adopting this this worldview because like Owen you said and Bree Newsom is pointing out like this is this just helps the political elite the political establishment and we should not want Trump in 2024 because as we, we ju- he is coming off a, a a a giant electoral performance building off of his 2016 performance he's got 70 some million people backing him he got off the hook here he's got people in his own party unwilling to 
uh, punish him for his actions, despite knowing very clearly that he's responsible for it. And the liberal response is, okay, well, we want to make sure the Republicans are taken care of and we want to see Trump in 2024. I don't, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose to him in 2024. I don't want him to be <laughs> in office again because the guy is a fucking terror. And that people just haven't quite learned, uh, I think, spells disaster. That's the truly incredible thing as well, too, is that they just can't, even though I think there's probably people in the Republican Party that would like to just cut him loose, they can't because of how fucking popular he is and how much he has come to define the conservative movement in the, in America and, and, and define the Republican Party. Like anyone that goes against him is almost guaranteed now to be primary or to, to you know get censured by their like state party of utter lunatics uh you know so that's like they're completely like unable to to uh get rid of him in that way yeah i i, I think that they just don't want to get rid of him i think that they well they do but they just they want him to i mean i'm sure that they just want him to fucking keel over and die I mean, <laughs> like that's like that is the best possible outcome for them because you know like then there's no political ramifications to how he leaves you know he just he, i mean he's old you know and and speaking of old i mean this is something that um wajahat uh, ali i hope i'm pronouncing his name correctly uh said yesterday he was one of the people that that, that jordan's talking about yeah um, yep. he said trump will be older in 2024 when he goes up against joe biden yeah like yes trump will be guess who else will be older dude yeah like Biden will be, and I, I just don't understand it. I mean, th- like they, and I think that what it is, honestly, and I, th- I think I said something of this effect yesterday, is that a lot of these people they think that um, the people, uh, you know, on Meet the Press and 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 MSNBC and CNN and like all the talking heads and pundits and the people that they talk to on Twitter, uh, they think that all of those people um, represent everybody in america and they do not they don't <laughs> yeah. um for, for for a number of reasons including that you know um i think that you know you can say that there's probably like a couple million people who maybe you know maybe maybe like 10 percent of the country is like super duper into politics um and like maybe 30 million people and you know 150 million people voted in 2020 i'm just making these numbers up but um I'm just saying, like, like it's probably something like yeah. that. I mean, most of those people are not thinking about it like we are every waking minute, um, you know. And and so I think that they're just overestimating like how much people care about this stuff. And what I'm afraid of is that like that overestimation is going to end up getting them in this position where they think that that it would be good for Trump to run again. And it, it's just amazing that they're just repeating it. It's just amazing that they're repeating this shit. Yeah. Well, that's so. That's one of the reasons that I think. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to happen. It's probably giving me too much credit. But continuing to focus on this um, through hearings and other methods um, would be an effective way to like link the Republican Party correctly to extremism and to paint like to to sort of average people who I think many average people were really turned off by the events of January 6th. Continue making that link over the next couple of years um, between the, the Republican Party and these extremist movements. Um, that would be one way to do that. I don't know if they're going to, but I think that would be smart to do it. But also, it could never be just that as well. Like it would be it would have to be that kind of a, a political action to damage their credibility and to damage the Republican Party. In addition to a like bold 
transformative agenda to like actually help people's lives as well. It couldn't just be like, oh, we're doing this, like, you know, these hearings while not delivering on any of these things that they promised or not really improving anyone's uh, actual lives or material conditions, because that's what ultimately it's going to come down to, um, whether they're able to survive the next couple of years or, or get wiped out uh, in, the, in the next uh, the midterms. Um, and that kind of remains to be seen as well. Like we've seen there's already obviously been a number of troubling signs um, right from day one of the Biden administration that they are uh, hedging on a lot of the things that they that they promised. And so like none of that is adding up to anything good for the future prospects of the Democrats over the next couple of years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems bad. I mean, who knows? You know, like I'm, I'm um, as 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 people from trading card aficionados in Philadelphia to Department of Transportation graphic designers in Austin, Texas will tell you I've been wrong about a lot of things politically. <laughs> so I may well uh, be wrong about this, but it certainly feels like um, they're going to that that their priorities combined with gerrymandering and, um, you know, state con- uh, Republican state control over state legislators, Republican control over state legislators, legislatures that Democrats are going to be walking into a situation where they're where, where they're in trouble anyway in 2022. And so I I don't understand the political rationale to not just um, blow up the filibuster, push the biggest possible agenda through um, on party line votes, um, you know, just like just just dump cash into West Virginia and Arizona. Who gives a shit? Whatever, you know, like like whatever it takes to get it done. Um, or, or like, as in contrast to how they handled 2009, 2010, if like Cinema or Joe Manchin says like, oh no, we can't do any of this this bold stuff, make their lives miserable and and make them go on TV and defend yeah. voting against this this big agenda that's going to help people instead of just immediately caving and being like, oh well, they said no, so we can't do it. Um, you know, there is a way to do this kind of stuff, and it's like whether they do or don't is like a deliberate choice that they're making. Um, and so far, they're making yeah. the wrong choice, it seems like. Yeah, there. I, I think there's efforts to do that, uh, especially outside of like the, the Democratic mainstream, um, like the former Justice Dems and AOC staffer uh, guys have started the No Excuses Pack and they're running ads targeting Mansion and Cinema in West Virginia and Arizona. We did see uh, Kamala Harris go to West Virginia, kind of try to use the bully pulpit Um on mansion to get him to back the the coronavirus relief package but like that's one thing from the biden administration specifically i would love to see them do that proactively on <clears throat> things that might not be up for a vote right now but just start to build that political will things like student debt relief uh things like uh this public option that they're suddenly not talking about anymore um the, the things that they talked about and promised in the campaign but now are slipping to the back burner um and yes, to Owen's point, just nuke the filibuster. This is a perfect example of why it's it's just completely useless when you can't even get 10 people to to join your side to condemn this and punish this behavior. Um, why the why the fuck would they ever back you on, <laughs> on things like student debt relief or public option or, or coronavirus relief? Just forget it. Raising the minimum wage. They're not going to they're not going to back you on that. You're not going to get 10 votes. They can't even condemn this. Just fuck it. Nuke, nuke it and and ram through the agenda. I mean, they're like they are going to nuke it. They are going to. They're, like, there's no question that the GOP will do that. So, so oh, fuck yeah, it, yeah. man. Why wait? Just do it, man. Yep. Just, just get over well, it because 
that's kind of the interesting thing that's happening right now too with the republicans is they're they're kind of like play acting um you know in wrestling we call it kind of playing possum they're like oh well you can't you wouldn't hurt us now that we're beaten down like this would you and they're trying to like play this routine that like how how can you be so cruel to to possibly use the power that you've won in this election to like pass an agenda that people voted for and like democrats are falling for it but the minute that like they they are able to use that to uh to retake the house or retake the senate or to retake uh the uh, executive branch there they they will not extend the exact the same courtesy and it's like it's amazing that still in 2021 that this is this act is still like working on people in the democratic party who believe they're like oh yeah we can't couldn't be too mean it would be too mean to the republicans and too too mean if we like enacted an agenda that people voted for that would just be way over the line yeah i i mean i don't get it, it, it it's it's yeah like you can say that there are a number of reasons for this happening but but just um i guess i'm just trying to say like yes i understand like when i say i don't get it i understand that there are reasons for yes this. but it politically this just seems like such a clear victory and and and, and the stakes seem so clear especially because again um they're gonna do it to you so just 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 fucking do it like i mean I, I, it just i i it they've been driving me up the wall for my entire fucking life um or at least as long as i've been paying attention to them but uh this is just this just feels like it's even worse than usual um i mean they, yeah. it, well it, it feels like it feels like it's as bad as the last time that they fucked up this badly um <laughs> which was when obama was in office um and and i honestly wonder like how much he's doing how much he is actively doing to uh to stop any kind of real progressive change from happening i imagine it's not nothing uh but you know who knows um yeah it's it's bleak very bleak uh shall we get into the the lincoln project yeah more yeah, what's uh, going on with that that's more been kind uplifting of, uh, topic yeah exactly <laughs> well that's been it's been somewhat entertaining considering like every single person that's been paying attention to this on the left have been calling these guys scam artists and grifters um doing an ob- very obvious image rehabilitation project for like the neocon movement who you know, arguably are as bad or possibly worse than than Trump and Trumpism in the first place. Um, people have been pointing this out for for months now, um, much to and much to the derision of the sort of liberal crowd that have had have embraced these people and just given them like absurd, ridiculous amounts of money to do whatever they were doing with it. So it has been kind of satisfying to watch that completely implode this week, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Ninety million dollars. They they bilked out of Democratic donors. And I think a lot about how you how much better spent that money could have been uh, or been used it, if it went to down ballot races or state races, uh, not like the South Carolina Senate race or Kentucky Senate race, but like you know there was a ton of progressives on the ballot. You, Mike Siegel in Texas lost a close one. He was up against the rich one of the richest people in Congress and an oil tycoon, basically. Um, Dana Balter in New York was running on a progressive platform against a, a Republican incumbent. You know how much how much <laughs> how much better off they would have been um, if they had if they had just a little of that money, but instead people were just giving these Republican consultants money that they ended up paying themselves, just putting into private political media firms that they owned and operated. To the tunes of millions at a time in these transfers, and then it becomes untraceable. You don't know how much. I mean, I would assume most of it just went into their own pockets, 
and I they mean, just enriched <laughs> enriched themselves because they saw these kind of credulous liberals saw them on on MSNBC saying Trump bad, and they're like, okay, good enough for me. And meanwhile, people who are running on progressive platforms getting no help. But listen, the important thing though is that less conservatives voted for Trump this time around than last time, and that's I guess if you're just <laughs> going by that metric, then you have to give it up to them. Wait, I've, yep. got yep. for, yep. I've got some news for I've got some news for you. You have to give it up when uh, with him adding adding votes to his total. But um, you know, uh, Stacy down the street, who's uh, whose kid is a Yale legacy, uh, you know, decided not to not to nice. vote for uh, not not to vote for Trump. Um, yeah. Well, they Sick. did some good, some bad, I guess. That's progress, yeah. baby. Who's to say? Yeah. I, you know, I mean, it's weird. Like, my feeling on it is is kind of like, uh, on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, fuck these fucking people. I hate them. Um, you know, I, I think that they are, like, Rick Wilson, specifically, I think, is one of the worst people on the planet. Um, yeah. Just an absolute piece of shit. Um, and uh, if you think that's a little strong, um, I would just urge you to... To, to take a stroll down uh just google rick wilson from owen higgins on twitter and then you'll see a lot of <laughs> screenshots of that of of the kind of stuff yeah. he said um well we have a lot of lincoln projects fans that tune into this too so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I know i know that look i know that i'm making of lp media but <laughs> yeah I, I, off, I, I, I know that i know that i'm making a real hard pitch to your audience that lincoln project dad <laughs> but uh um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean so so yeah uh, I definitely feel like like that that sense of of like good this is good but then I also feel like like I mean the reason that the thing is falling apart is that it's kind of like the floodgates just open with the John Weaver uh, offering uh, young men uh, you know help and 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 internships et cetera for sex and sexual favors and including like harassing a 14 year old boy. Um, and then, you know, more is coming out about like the, like the, uh, you know, the work environment that was there with, um, you know, using like racial and homophobic slurs, Rick Wilson, I'm sure that was you, um, you know, to, to refer to, to, to their enemies and, and just like this kind of just nasty, ugly, disgusting, um, workplace environment. And, and, you know, like they, they all clearly knew about what Weaver was doing. And so, yeah. Uh, I definitely am am glad that this grift is falling apart, but at the same time, I find it really hard to uh, crow about it, I guess, because of the fact that in order for this to happen, um, some people were victimized. I mean, they they were they were treated terribly uh, by these people, and not all of the people who were mistreated um, share the repulsive base conservative beliefs. Uh, that are are held by the people in the Lincoln Project. So it's kind of like um, I'm not trying to put a damper on it. Like we should definitely celebrate uh, what's going on, but um, like the way that it happened is just kind of like it's just like it just sucks. Like like why did it have to come to this? Like how did pe- how could people not have been able to tell what this whole thing was about before? Like like the reporting out about them just you know uh, just dumping wheelbarrows of cash into their um, companies has been out for months it's been reported on in in like the times and ap and, and reuters and stuff like that like they've reported this stuff before it just nobody's cared about it before um and in, fa- just... in fact they defended it like right when, when right. at any time um I, I i had posted a lot of uh fec um receipts and 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 documents and rob pyers who is another campaign finance guy uh, had also been tracing it 
the replies were pretty uniform from from liberals. It was like, well, I'd rather have them on our side than on Trump's side. It's like they're siphoning money into their own pockets and doing nothing <laughs> by their own admission. After the election, they're like, oh, OK, you know what? I think our ads actually weren't effective. OK, sorry, everyone. Bye. <laughs> and they just like oh, let let the flood like there was that uh Bite Coffer, Rebecca Bite Coffer, who is like a political science PhD, who was like their senior advisor. She's like, you know, I actually don't know how effective we were, I, like right after the election. And then they came out and said to the Daily <laughs> Beast, like, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, these ads weren't effective at all. So it's just like, wh- what were you? What do you mean you want them on your side? They are just taking money away from you, away from people who you need to build your majority in Congress to enact the Biden agenda. And they just aren't helping. They're just a drain, a financial drain on your movement. Yeah. And just in terms of like the conservative movement, these people were like in the wilderness, like they had no connection to the Trumpist conservative movement. That Mm -hmm. was kind of the whole neocon tradition was being dead and buried. And liberals, because they're so fucking obsessed with bipartisanship, literally brought it back to life, rehabilitated their image, rehabilitated George Bush's image because Trump bad. And it's just like, great. Good. Good job. Good job, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like that, like that is like 100 percent of like what it is. I mean, and, and, and it goes back to this idea of like we need a strong Republican Party. And because like so many people believe this bullshit, they think that, uh, you know, having they think that having these people on their side, on, on like like working against Trump is like some big victory as opposed to exactly what you're saying, which is that they were politically powerless until they were given power by the very people who they had spent decades um destroying and it's just like what i mean although i will say like jordan earlier you know you were saying um that money would have would have been great to go down ballot races and i mean yeah it would have been but like i mean you know come on the the people who are donating to the lincoln project they are the people who will be donating just more money to kentucky and to south carolina and to (laughs) yeah and 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 like either like clear winners who don't need it or absolute <laughs> losers who cannot win. Like those are the people that are going to get their money. They're not going to give yeah. money to to people who end up losing by, you know, a couple uh, a couple of fractions of a percentage point or a percentage point. They're not going to give. Well, maybe they would give money to Anthony Brandizi. I don't know if you guys heard about this. The the New York rep who who just lost his seat by 180 votes after you know, winning the one it. that was just announced like a week ago. Yeah. Or. or, or he 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 lost by 180 or he lost by 290 and he won by wh- whichever one of the other one is uh in 20 uh 2018 i mean yeah and and the reason that he he lost is because uh he's a member of the democratic caucus who has basically acted like a republican so why would you vote for a democrat who's pretending to be a republican when you could just vote for a republican uh which i mean despite the fact that Claudia Tenney, who beat him, is an insane, insane, uh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene level uh, Republican. <laughs> but they don't, they don't give a shit. I mean, she's already been in Congress. Like, like she, she was the incumbent that he beat in the first place, and now she's going back in. Um, and I've been on her email list for for years because I reported on on Brindisi's win back when it happened. Um, and it, it's 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 fucking nuts. I mean, she's crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. I that's total total digression that 
didn't really have a point to it other than well no but it is a point because that's that's a good i think that exemplifies that exact sort of liberal strategy of oh we're going to replace this lunatic uh right winger and instead of like doing anything with that we're going to have we're going to replace that person with the candidate that acts like a moderate conservative instead of a lunatic right winger uh which is of course going to mean good things for everyone and then they end up just like pissing away any goodwill that they might have uh attained and then letting letting the lunatic right winger you know rightfully take their their place back back in there yeah i, mean, I don't I know imagine- how many more times this has to happen before they realize it's not a great strategy but i'm maybe a couple yeah. dozen more times and another couple you know several elections they'll figure to figure this out well it was only like i feel like it wasn't that long ago when truman said uh that people face the republican or a democrat pretending to be republican you're gonna take the real thing so i feel like considering that wasn't <laughs> that long ago they'll they'll get it pretty soon yeah <laughs> Was there anything else on the on the Lincoln Project? I mean, you got to, it was great to have Rick Wilson on the board of the Insurgents uh, LLC, but I mean, I guess it's becoming a little politically toxic. We got to cut him loose. It's unfortunate. Yeah, are it you happens. guys are you guys cutting ties? Or are you gonna? I mean, <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna force him out? Or uh, no, I think I'm gonna keep him around. I think he's why not? Oh, you want him to help Trump? Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I want I yeah. want Trump to come back in twenty twenty four because he'll be older and Joe Biden will stay the same age. Joe, Joe right. Biden will get younger, <laughs> and as we're seeing right now, <laughs> Joe Biden's going to have a pretty good record to run on. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny? Like it just like completely detached from any like real world analysis. Like you like the the presidency famously ages people at a much higher rate. Than like regular life, like there's all those comparisons of Obama coming in and leaving office, and you just become like weathered and great. Biden already is struggling. Like, what do they think yeah. he's going to be like? What do they think he's going to be like in four years? Oh, I think it was like even said by Biden that he's only doing one term. That said, he, I think that the power and prestige of that office and people around him, as we're already seeing, are filled with like power hungry uh, sycophants. So like they're going to convince him like, oh yeah, you should just run again, sir. You'd be great. He's just going to be like some, this doddering old man. Like, I can't remember the character in, in Lord of the Rings where he just, he's just got people whispering in his ear. And he's completely he's completely incapable yeah. of, of communicating on yeah. his own. Theoden. But the difference is that Theoden then, like, casts off uh, Wormtongue. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. not, I don't I, I don't really know this story that okay, well. Okay, no. But, uh, but I've, just, I've heard about it a few times. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then is, is fine. Um Biden is. Not, I mean, yeah. I, I think that I think we can all agree that while what you're saying is generally true, there's at least one person around him who is definitely not urging him to run again, and is probably strongly urging him to even drop out, to, to even resign. You know, a year or two Kamala. into his term. Yeah. <laughs> <Kamala>. <laughs> like, yeah. I. I mean, they want that. They want a coronation. They want to just transfer the power. I just kind of imagine her as like as as. Um, as as Veep, as as uh, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character in Veep, whatever her name is, um, <laughs> just really wants the the opportunity yep. to uh, you know. I mean, I don't. If Biden will be like eighty two. He's. I mean, he's going to be in really bad shape. I'm sorry. Like e- even even in best case scenario, doing the job of the president from seventy eight to eighty two does not seem like you're going to be in great shape. Well, and even now. As much as I'm sure Kamala Harris would would like that, now you have Lindsey Graham going out there saying that like, oh, if we take back the House, we're going to impeach Kamala Harris. 
um, yeah, because gonna, of her they're... because of her decision to to support bailing out BLM protesters and demonstrators. Uh, so they're they're gonna see they're gonna be like, well, you open Pandora's box now, and I'm sure I'm sure probably now as much as it's been framed as being this big partisan thing for trying to impeach Trump over inciting a violent insurrection, I'm sure probably probably Biden and Harris or possibly both will also end up getting impeached for something like incredibly stupid. Um, oh yeah, no, uh, I mean a hundred percent they will, and and you know it, that's why that's another reason why I don't understand why they wouldn't just call the witnesses. Like, okay, so the Republicans say they're going to call 100 witnesses? Who gives a shit? Oh, like, oh, this is going to be the thing that, like, breaks the norm? Like, oh, but, like, if you if you don't do this, then, then uh, you know, the next time they're in power, uh, they, they won't do this on fucking steroids to you? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, give me a fucking break. Maybe they won't just, uh, you know, gum up the works in the Senate and obstruct everything and obstruct all the cabinet picks and all that stuff. That thing that they definitely are not planning on already doing, regardless of what happens with that, you know? We have to be nice yeah. so they won't do these things. I mean, there were there were people yesterday who... Uh, this, 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 this kind of mindset is just baffling. But there were people yesterday who, uh, when Democrats are being criticized um, about uh, uh, not calling witnesses... They were like, oh, I guess you just want to give Republicans uh, fodder for campaign ads. <laughs> like that, that's your that, that's your that's your argument. I guess I want to I guess you want to weaken the Democrats already robust argument. What you had a Republican willing to come testify under oath about calls made to McCarthy um, and, and, and Tuberville. That's what you, you want to you, you don't think that's valuable and you're worried that. Republicans are going to make campaign ads <laughs> about it. I mean, like that, and I think they'll also the false choice presented uh, by a lot of like Democratic stalwarts that were just like, "Oh, well, I guess because uh, we can't do uh, Biden's agenda now, uh, they're going to call a lot of they're going to call a bunch of witnesses." No, you've already been doing both. Mm-hmm. This was at the discussed at the onset. They already were splitting time, like. We just saw Neera Tannen's confirmation hearing. Like, they're still... We, P. Buttigieg had his confirmation hearing during this process. They've already been splitting the work. None of this would stop. Plus, that bill isn't even ready. It's it's at least two weeks away from the House even passing it. And they're going... But the thing is, they're going on vacation now. So... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this I mean, argument that, like, that it, you can't uh, do it because Republicans will do it is so bogus. And, and also, like, they had said... We want to do witnesses and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll postpone the trial. We'll, you know, we'll recess it basically for a week or two while we subpoena them. We get all this information and then we'll come back. And the Republicans were like, okay, well, we're going to do 101 of them. It's like, okay, okay. (laughs) Fucking delay it for a couple more weeks. Who gives a shit? In the meantime, you're going to have the time to be able to do things. And, and the the fact that they didn't, I just don't, I, I don't. I guess what I find really confusing about this is that um, it's Jamie Raskin is not Adam Schiff, okay? Uh, Adam Schiff is like Louis Gomert level stupid, and so I expect <laughs> that fucking idiot to do something like this one hundred percent. But Raskin is not stupid, so why why would he not just be like fuck it, whatever? Like it's not gonna like change, like. But for some reason he didn't, and you know, I mean, so again, look. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this was really smart, or or maybe um, the the call came from the White House to to shut it down, 
or maybe you know some senate maybe joe manchin or something said you know i'm not going to stand for this i mean who who, who knows but it, it just seems like such a such a such a absolute own goal um and and i just i don't understand it i just don't get it i'm pissed off so <laughs> Well, at least we can all celebrate around Biden agreeing to pull troops out of Afghanistan. Uh, wait, I'm being told that they are not going to honor that deadline and they're going to stay there. OK, well, we'll find something else to celebrate. Well, Trump was talking about withdrawing people from Afghanistan. And so you have to be against that, right? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Trump's doing it too yeah. haphazardly. It's too soon to leave. We can't yeah. leave. It's only been <laughs> yes. 20 years. Trump was doing it way it too fast. Decades. Yeah. It's a premature withdrawal. Well, just saying everything's collapsing, right? It's like the whole they, you know, there was some encouraging stuff about Yemen, about how they're planning on uh, pulling back from that. But then there, it turns out they're still going to be like providing military logistics uh, to the It's just the, the same Saudis. stance as Obama. It's the same stance as Obama. They just reverted to this language around yeah. um, no offensive operations. Okay, well, the entire thing was allegedly a self-defense uh, move. Oh, we're defending yeah. ourselves in your in your airspace, uh, but it's just like it's just a it's just reverting back to the Obama era stance, which, as we saw, created a fucking like open air slave market and just decimated towns and killed people. Um, it's it's really fucking callous. Literally leading to child genocide. Like it really is the worst, yeah, worst, most disgusting human rights uh, situation like in the world right now. Um, also, the stuff about Guantanamo Bay that that happened this week too. It's like another thing. You mentioned the Obama thing. Great. So you want Trump back? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's our intention. It's our intention to close Guantanamo Bay. Like maybe we might think about getting around to that at some point. And just like they're, you can tell already that it's like they're not going to be doing that. No. Not, not, I just, oh my God, it's just so fucking infuriating. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, the, the, one of the good things though, about having, uh, you know, the kind of perspective on this stuff that, that the three of us have, um, and, and I'm sure the audience has is that, uh, on the off chance that something actually goes right, like it's, it's going to be pretty cool, you know, like it'd be like a pleasant Mm -hmm. surprise, uh, because we're expecting things to be so horrible Yeah. because of, because of, you know what's happening but um yeah so you maybe know, got, this time it will be different maybe it'll be different this time <laughs> maybe it'll be different this time oh and thanks for thanks for joining the show again uh man it was great to talk to you my pleasure my pleasure i'll i'll try to um game or or, or something yeah game or, game or something yeah yeah it's very uh, very encouraging <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> seems committed <laughs> yeah yeah i'll uh i'm probably not gonna do that but um <laughs> Do you have anything to plug? Why don't you plug the Substack and your and whatever you have going on right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my sub my Substack is theflashpoint.substack.com. Um, I have a news story at the Appeal on uh, police video from from demonstrations last summer uh, from from Boston and Worcester. Um, I have a story at the Nation about surveillance planes in St. Louis. Uh, I have a piece coming out at The Intercept with Ryan Grimm um, on the Movement for People's Party that'll be coming out uh, sometime this coming week, I believe. Two corporate, two corporate establishment reporters there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting. Um, Shame, yeah. Shameful to see. It's 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 been it's been pretty incredible that um, 
that that uh, MPP has really just just nailed us on that. You know, they, they, uh, <laughs> well, I think you can. I think judging from the last hour of this conversation, it's very clear that you just love the Democratic Party and you mm-hmm. want to be a part of that, and you want to You're just more importantly to... want to funnel people into the party and make sure they always yep. vote for the Democrats. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much your the game you're running here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think pretty much is even like a, an unnecessary qualifier. That's that's one hundred percent what I'm doing. Yeah, just uh, um, but but you know, I mean, obviously, it's going to be uh, like a fair article, and and so it, it is annoying to uh, to have them say that kind of stuff. Uh, well, it's but, it's also know, just a general. It's, it's a PR strategy, you know. Oh yeah, that's just how how they have to frame themselves. It's the go to. It's the knee jerk reaction when anytime someone criticizes people in that kind of world. But it also shows like a general unfamiliarity with with your work and especially Ryan's. It's just like from people I know who have worked under Ryan for years, the guy is like painstaking about like how good uh your output needs to be and the newsworthiness of something and a lot of stuff gets canceled because it's not like unique to them and just like yeah well i, <laughs> to, I think that, to, to i think that criticize we can all ryan, remember that so funny we, we can we can all remember me and ryan's uh reporting on uh on, on the alex morris uh situation yeah famously and just, and, pro and how, democratic party yeah and, and how we were just like you know obviously there's nothing to see here um you know uh this is the the democratic party did nothing wrong and and we're definitely yep. not going to look into this exhaustively at all uh so that's what i yeah. took away from that yeah yeah, yeah no yeah okay. yeah of course <laughs> um but yeah yeah so 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 that stuff will be coming out um and and i have other stuff uh uh blue tent um the uh the kind of in uh industry insider uh for you know uh democratic progressive party politics um uh outlet that i write for as well ha- you know we're, we're, we're cranking stuff out as well so um cool. yeah you're everywhere a lot of stuff. i'm everywhere nice all right thanks for joining well, thanks us, for taking the t- yeah thanks for taking the time owen we'll talk to you yeah. soon thanks guys thank you for listening to the insurgents please remember to subscribe over at theinsurgents.substack.com Find the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps, and please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's very helpful and we appreciate it a lot, but please, again, don't mention Ken Klippenstein in the review. He is banned from the show. It's a lifetime ban, so please do not mention him in the review. And we'll be back later this week with more of the content that you know and love. Goodbye. Goodbye.